Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of E.W. Jackson for America. Great to be with you again today. This is First Amendment Friday. I will be answering your questions. And you can email me at ewjackson at ewjackson.com, ewjackson at ewjackson.com. That's pretty easy. If you have any questions or comments that you'd like me to respond to, uh, I'll be checking about uh, halfway through the program to see what, what it is you might uh, have to say. Uh, I want to, to again, uh, remind you, tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, we have our Youth Taking a Stand Conference. Youth taking a stand. We've got to get these young people. Um, I know my audience is not primarily Gen Zs, but I want to reach them. And so this is our effort to do that. We've got a bunch of Gen Zers who are leaders in Youth Taking a Stand. They'll be uh, doing a uh, panel discussion, but Kristen Hawkins of Students for Life, myself, a young man by the name of TJ Grooms of New Beginnings Church will be there. Uh, and, uh, and, and of course, our panel discussion, our vice presidents from uh, Mississippi, Gabrielle Hope from Massachusetts. Yes, Massachusetts, folks, believe it or not. Uh, Sarita Brown from Texas, Nicholas Frappier uh, here from Virginia, Connor Thomas, and also from Virginia, our national vice president, uh, our national president uh, for, for Youth Taking a Stand, Al Evans. Uh, have I left anybody out? I don't think so. I think I've gotten them all in there. Uh, but it, it'll be live streamed, by the way, right here, live streamed also on our Facebook pages. It'll be live streamed on Stan, live streamed on E.W. Jackson SR, live streamed on uh, Bishop E.W. Jackson, my personal Facebook page, and, uh, and live streamed on, uh, I don't know whether it'll be on the call, but it'll certainly be here. It'll certainly be, certainly be on standamerica.us. So check it out. One more, this is one more opportunity. I've said that any person ages 18 through 30 who signs up will get a free copy of my new book, which is due out the beginning of next year. I don't have an exact date yet. I can't give you that. But it'll be late January, early February, somewhere in there. And I may have some... Uh, some courtesy copies of my own in January, and when once I get my copies before the books hit before the book hits the bookstores, uh, I will send out to those people who are eligible to get a free book from me. So if you want a free book signed, personally signed by me, E W E, sign up for You Think and Stand Conference, and then email me at ewjackson ewjackson.com. Say hey, I signed up for the conference. I'd like a book. There's something real quick, and, uh, and but you gotta you gotta join the conference now. You gotta complete the transaction, which means you gotta be on the on the Zoom call uh, on uh, Saturday. That's tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Okay. Oh, and by the way, this is Friday for those of you who are in the Virginia area, in the Southeast Virginia area at least, or somewhere in this vicinity. Of course, I'd like to say even if you're in Hawaii, fly on in. Our serve, I will be preaching at the Call Church at 943 Canal Drive in Chesapeake. That's in the Deep Creek section of Chesapeake. 943 Canal Drive at 11 a.m. Our services start. I will be there. We'll start live streaming, by the way, at about 1120. And uh, so you can join us live stream. Same places where you get the live stream here. By the way, we're, we are building our app, getting our app ready so that you, you, can be, you can be able to connect with me 
on anything that I'm doing through the app. Kind of same way, same thing we're doing for E.W. Jackson for America. Uh, we we make we're we're making the website a connector, so you can get to Stan, you can get to the church, you can get to uh, anything I'm involved in. You can, to, to Maximum Potential Christian Academy, anything I'm involved in, you can get to it by going to E.W. Jackson for America. That's going to sort of be my catch-all for all of the stuff that I'm engaged in and involved in. Okay. Now, I got to thinking about this, folks, because I'm sure you all have been witnessing, even though the mainstream media is not covering it, witnessing the, 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 the absolute open borders that we have. It's, uh, you know, in, 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 it really is heartbreaking. Uh, but, but I got to thinking about it and thinking about where the left and the Democrat Party is coming from just goes to show they really have got to propagandize people in order to get people to vote for them because what they are doing is really going to lead to the destruction of the country if it's not stopped. So he, here's, here's what I got to, to, be think, got to thinking about in regard to this. How far exactly do they want this to go? We have heard, for example, and I think this is where most Democrats are. If I'm wrong, they certainly haven't said anything to the contrary. I think they'd like to do away with the Border Patrol. I think they would just like to do away with that completely and just allow people to just come across the border at will. I really do believe that's not an exaggeration. I believe that that's where they are. We've heard some of them suggest that we need to do away with the Border Patrol. And of course, you know that the policies of all of these sanctuary cities that are controlled by Democrats is to refuse to cooperate with ICE. They do not cooperate with them at all. They will not allow their police officers to report illegal immigrants to ICE. So it is not a stretch to say that they would like to do away with ICE altogether. Do away with immigration and customs enforcement altogether. Do away with border patrol altogether. In other words, just have completely open borders. We'll see whether they appeal this decision to, of the judge to block the use of Title 42, which gave them, gives, gives the administration on the, 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 the basis of COVID the authority to make people applying for asylum wait in Mexico, that they can't come into our country. They have to wait there for their asylum applications to be processed. And we know that 90% of these asylum seekers are not eligible for asylum. That's just now being used as a catch-all to get into the country. That's, so it's a joke. The whole asylum thing is a joke. The whole world needs asylum, when you, if you want to think about it that way, because America is the, the asylum from whatever you can't get in your own country. You can come here and find prosperity, you can find peace, you can find uh, education, you can find uh, welfare and, and, and support and, uh, and, and protection against starvation. So you can come here and pretty much find anything. So in that sense, everybody needs asylum. The whole world needs asylum. And we, so we got people on our southern border coming in from 150 different countries. We've got terrorists coming across the border. We know we've documented that. We've got MS-13 gang members, and, and we've got human traffickers. We've got drug dealers. We've got fentanyl. We've got all kinds of things coming across the border. 
The Democrats would like to throw the border wide open. Just throw it wide open. Now, now mind you, we do have laws that tell people how you may enter our country. And if you do not enter our country according to our laws, you need a visa. You need to come in through the proper process. And if you do not come in that way, you are an illegal. You are here illegally. Now they've, they've turned asylum on its head to just allow people to just flood the, the, the southern border, just come in willy-nilly. We have about, forgive me if this number is not exact, but I think that it's about a million people a year who, whose visas expire and they overstay. So they don't come across the border illegally. They come in legally, but then they stay illegally. So you've got that. And then you've got the people who are crossing the border. They don't have any kind of right to enter the country. They just show up. Some of them are getaways, gotaways, they call them, that they come across the border uh, where they do not encounter any Border Patrol agents. They just sneak into the country. And then others come and report to the border agents so that they can be processed in as asylum seekers. Here again, these numbers are staggering, but, I, but it's, I'm not exaggerating. They are projecting that with the repeal of Title 42, we could have 18 to 20,000 a day coming across the borders. 18 to 20,000 a day. Let's just round it off and make it 20,000 because I've heard the number 18. If it's 18, it's probably more than that because they're going to always lowball it. Right. They're going to always lowball it, just like they've been talking about 11 million immigrants for the last decade or more. Well, we know there's more than 11 million immigrants because just in the Joe Biden administration alone, we've had about five million come in since Biden has been in office. We expect that we're projecting three million people this year, three million this year. So since he's been in office, I would say. Five million easily. And remember, we're talking primarily about the southern border, but they're coming in, like I said, through, through visa expirations. They're coming in by other means. They're coming in uh, through some of our, uh, our ports. So they're coming in all kinds of ways. So I'm not exaggerating. Five million since he's been in office by the time this year is over. And they're talking potentially 20 million, just to, just to round it off, 20 million um, that's 600,000 a month, okay? If you want to take it back, ratchet it back to 18, let's call it between 550 million and 600,000 a month. Folks, that's 7.2 million a year. I mean, now, if, if, that, if, that continue, if that happens and Biden remains in office for two more years, that means the last two years of his administration, we could see 15 million people coming across the border in addition to the 5 million who, that have already come across. That's 20 million people. 20 million people added to our population. 
none of whom has come across, come into our country legally. They've all flouted the law. They've all disrespected all the people who waited in line for years and went through the proper process and, and, and became citizens. They've done all of that. So that's with Border Patrol there and with some level of enforcement. It's minimal, but there's some level of enforcement there. Now, here's what I want you to think about. What if we simply abolished Border Patrol? Just abolish it. What do you think would happen? Because I think that's what the Democrat Party really wants. How many would come rushing across the border then? Folks, I don't think it's any exaggeration to say if the Democrats get their way and completely open the borders, we could be looking at not, not 7.2 million people a year. We could be looking at 20, 30 million people a year. Now, just think about that for a second. Say, well, well where do you get those numbers? The fact that it's still illegal the fact that there's still a border patrol, the fact that you still got to get through, get past them, that you got to be processed, that you can be held, that alone is a deterrence. You remove all of that and you communicate to the entire world that if you get to South, South Central America, Mexico, you can just walk into America, no questions asked. What do you think the result would be? I don't think that there's any, I don't think that it's any exaggeration to say we'd be looking at minimum twice, but probably three or four times as many. So instead of 7.2 million, I think you're looking at 20 or 30 million people pouring across the border every year if the Democrats were to get their way. Now, what that means is the entire country is overwhelmed because there are no cities that can absorb all those people. There are no towns that can absorb all those people. That, what, what, it happened, what would happen is that would bring the entire government apparatus to a crisis trying to manage all these folks. It would bring the American fiscal situation to a crisis, trying to provide shelter, food, Housing. I mean, the Biden administration is putting people up in hotel rooms, giving them cell phones, giving them food, putting them, basically putting them all on welfare. They're all eligible to collect some kind of, of government assistance. And you and I, the American people are working, who are working, are paying for it. Imagine, though, if it's 20 or 30 million people a year. Imagine Biden were to get that, that done and then had another four years for that to happen. I mean, I, 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 here again, folks, I know this is speculation, but I just want you to be thinking about this because when I, I, I woke up with this on my mind, thinking nobody's really looking at the implications, and I'm not done yet, but just think about this. So let's say Biden had four more years and we had 20 to 30 million people coming across the border over a four-year period. Let's call it 20. Let's take the lower number and call it 20. With the with the fifth, the 20 million that that has already come, and he's by the way, this administration is not over yet. So let's call call it another uh, call it 20 million over the course of his administration the first time. 
and then 20 to 30 million a year. So let's call it 20 million. So 80 million. So now we're talking 100 million people in the United States of America who are not citizens. Folks, do you realize that's an increase of our population by a third, by 33%? What does America look like after that? It doesn't look like America. And I'm not talking about race. I'm not talking about language alone. I'm just talking about the invasion of an entirely different culture, an entirely new people coming in virtually all at once and being dropped in the middle of the United States of America. Folks, we are, we are in trouble if that were to happen. And yet we know that people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and, and her ilk, and I think a lot of Democrats would love to see just that. That's what they want. Now let's add this to it. You realize there's a movement within the Democrat Party to say you don't have to be a citizen to vote. You've got cities all over the country now, in Vermont, in California, in fact, Illinois is, oh, I hope I, I saved that. Oh, here we go. Illinois and some other states are proposing that you do not have to be a citizen in order to vote in local state and local elections. Now, it's presumed that you need to be a citizen to vote in federal elections. But since the states control the election process, just imagine now a uh, 100 million people, and I know this is speculation, but I'm extrapolating from what the Democrats and the left wants. Um, the Vermont legislature overrode vetoes by Republican Governor Phil Scott and approved changes to the city charters of Mount Pelier, Mount Pelier and Winooski, Winooski um, and allowed residents over 18 years old to vote in city elections without any citizenship status or without any legal status. Uh, lawmakers in Washington, D.C., Illinois, New York City want the same thing. They want non-citizens to be able to vote in elections. Now, San Francisco already has that. You do not have to be a citizen to vote in San Francisco elections. And imagine Chicago already have a fifth, a fifth of their citizens now, a fifth of their residents, I should say, are foreign born in Chicago, a fifth, 20%. Now imagine if what I've just suggested to you, which, is, which would be the result, if you do away with ICE, you do away with Border Patrol, you do away with any security in the border, and you just allow people to just come across the border willy-nilly, where, where does that take us? And then you, then you do this. You, oh, well, all these people, we can't, we can't have all these people here and not allow them to vote just because they're not citizens. 
Because if you're residing in a place, you ought to have some say in who the leadership is. In some ways, in some places, it would be a wholesale takeover of people who just got here. They'd be running the show. Now, anytime you have a group of people who invade a culture, you're going to have tension and you're going to have violence. It's inevitable. It's a historical reality. Because people can't adjust to a major change in their cultural milieu, in their, in their surroundings, in, in the, 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 the atmosphere in which they live. They can't absorb a sudden dramatic change without some people rebelling against it and reacting against it. I'm not saying it's right. It's just a human quality. It's a human tendency. It's not right, but it's just, it just it's, it's reality. Because it puts a great deal of pressure on a society, on a culture, on a community to suddenly have a large influx of new people who are unlike in, in many ways, the people who are already live, who already live there are stable and, and, and have established roots and all of that. That would precipitate a crisis unlike anything we've ever seen in this country. You know, we ought to extrapolate that. This is the kind of thinking that Republicans and conservatives ought to be doing and asking the question, well, let's, let's, let's go to the logical extension of what you're suggesting, and let's see where that gets us. Where does that take us? And I'm not saying this to scare anybody. I'm just saying it to deal with the reality of what they're proposing and what it means. What it means is really the end of America as we know it. That's what it means. But you see, Democrats don't care because they think that as the people who are facilitating this dramatic change, this fundamental transformation, they would be the beneficiaries of it, and they would have these non-citizens place them in power, and they would end up being able to rule. That's number one. Number two, I really believe that this could cause a complete overthrow of our Constitution and way of life. And then we explained how I think that could happen. It could create such a crisis that people say, you know what, we simply can't operate by the same rules anymore. It, you, you, it just can't. It just doesn't work. We're in a crisis that requires creative thinking outside the lines. We just have to for our survival. We can't allow ourselves to get hung up on the Constitution and the so-called rule of law. We've got to do what we need to do in order to maintain order and to maintain this transition from what we were to the country we're obviously becoming with all these new people here. And by the way, I don't care where these new people are coming from. South America, Central America, Africa, Europe, you name it. Wherever they're coming from, Asia, it doesn't matter. That's not the issue. Their race is not the issue. Their language is not the issue. It's the assault on the cultural norms of the United States of America and on the institutions and infrastructure of our country 
with such a major influx of people that our system could not bear it. And it would open us up to the necessity that I think some would argue we got to do things differently. We just have to. Maybe we've got to establish some kind of emergency government with extraordinary powers that is able to transcend the Constitution and transcend the rule of law and do what needs to be done because we're in a moment when the old rules just won't work. And before you know it, we're no longer a constitutional republic. We're now a fascist country, a communist country, a totalitarian country, a dictatorship. We're now ruled by a tyrant or tyrants rather than than, than being governed by the rule of law. I know it's a frightening scenario, but if we got five million coming across now, and we've got people telling us, lying like Mallorca, saying the border is closed, the border is secure, we know that he and all of his cohorts want the border open. If we were to open, so the, the, the people could really pour in without any inhibition whatsoever. What would that mean? I think this is what it would mean. I think it would be the end of America as we know it. I wanted to share the scripture with you because there's also a curse in what is happening because what is happening is in complete disregard of the law. You know, I said the Democrat Party has, has really really manifest the spirit of Antichrist. And here again, I, that's not an exaggeration. I know that people who are not Christians will hear that and, and kind of, you know, pull their hair out and go crazy. And the mainstream media, if I were to ever run for office, I know the mainstream media will come back with that and say, he said the Democrat Party manifests the spirit of Antichrist. I'm a Christian minister. I read the Bible. It's true. Because every policy the Democrat Party supports is a policy that is in rebellion against Almighty God, and that is the spirit of Antichrist. The spirit of Antichrist is the spirit against Christ, against Christianity, against the Bible, against the Word of God, against God himself. That's what the Democrat Party has become. Abortion on demand, up till the moment of birth, and kill a baby even after it's born if it was an intended abortion. They all subscribe to that now. There are no, there's no such thing as male and female. There's no such thing as a man or a woman. You got a Supreme Court justice nominee who won't say what a woman is, even though she is one. She won't say what a woman is because I'm not a biologist. I mean, rank rebellion against Almighty God. You've got all this transgenderism and people want to go talk to children and, and ply children with this stuff. You've got all of this racial division, this tribalism, which God specifically called us and told us that we were not to do, that we were not to look at the outward appearance. We would look on the heart. And, uh, and, and 2 Corinthians 5.16 says, we are to know no one according to the flesh anymore. That means the outward appearance now is not what we're looking at. We're looking at the heart now. Because that's what God wants us to look at because that's the way God looks at us. And instead, we've got this critical race theory and, and some of these icons of this, this, this abominable propaganda and demagoguery 
who are pushing this mess even on infants. See, this is all in rank rebellion against Almighty God. The government is the answer to everything. Government, government, government. Let's, we need more money. We need more power. We need to pay for more. You got to have this shot. You got to put on this mask. You got to stay in your house. We'll tell you what you need to do. We'll tell you what you can do, what you can't do. We'll tell you how to run your business. We'll tell you how to run your home. We'll take care of your children. Government becomes God. That's an idol. It's all in rank rebellion against Almighty God. But here's what the scripture says. This is in Proverbs 28, verse 9. One who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer, is an abomination. In other words, the moment you become lawless, which is what the Democrat Party is leading us toward, God doesn't even want to hear your prayers. Because God is a God of order and decency. He is a God of law. You say, well, wait a minute, but the law, the law is, is over. Jesus fulfilled the law. Yeah, but we are still functioning under the law of grace. The law of grace, it still has standards. It still has requirements. You can't get saved just by saying, oh, I'm, I'll tell you what, I, I'm saved. That's it. Next issue. No. There is a law of salvation. And you got to follow it. You must confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, and you shall be saved. But I tell you what, if you say, well, I'm not confessing that. I'm not thinking that. I just want to be saved. Well, you're not going to be. Because you, were, you are refusing to adhere to the law of grace. So the fact that the old covenant has been fulfilled through Jesus Christ does not mean there are no longer any standards, any requirements, know that, that there's any law that we must, we must now adhere to. There still is. And by the way, the moral law of God is still in effect. The only difference is we now have the law written in our hearts as Christians by the Holy Spirit rather than written on tablets of stone. And we now know that the law has already been fulfilled in Christ Jesus so that any Failure to, 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 to meet every dot and tittle of the requirement of the law no longer leads to death because Jesus Christ has already paid the awesome union price for our sin and our failure to adhere to the law. And now we are under the age of grace, whereas we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and no longer under, oh, I made one mistake, I'm going to hell. Or two mistakes or ten mistakes. Because it's all been taken care of now. Which is not an invitation to sin. Because if you've been changed, transformed on the inside by the Spirit of God, when you've received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you don't want to sin. You want to do righteousness. But those who reject Jesus Christ are still under the curse of the law. He says, one who turns his way, his, who turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination.
those people can't even, their prayers can't even be heard. There's only one prayer that they can pray. Lord, forgive me. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Other than that, they're done. That's, that's the only thing. Once, once you come in through the door of the sheepfold, which is Jesus Christ, okay, then, then your prayers about everything are acceptable to God. And then, by the way, you are you adhere to the law because the law is written on your heart by the Holy Spirit. But these folks who are rejecting all law, all decency, all order, all the edicts of the word of God. They don't have a prayer. I know that's a cliche, but that's the truth in their case. They don't have a prayer. That's why we've got to pray these folks out of power, out of office in order to save this country, because I just gave you a scenario which will lead to its destruction. And if they get their way, that's exactly where it's headed. But they're not going to get their way. Because we're going to stop them in the name of Jesus by the power of Almighty God. And, and once again, just to be clear, for all the leftists who will listen to this and run off and say, I saw Bishop E.W. Jackson telling everybody to uh, get your guns and get violent and this, that, and the other, which is a lie out of the pit of hell. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought unto obedience to Jesus Christ. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. Therefore, we put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's the way we fight. We fight the good fight of faith. I'm not talking about a fight with bullets and bombs. I'm talking about a fight with the word of God and the faith of God and the truth of God. It takes just as much courage. And there are people out there who would love to use bullets and bombs against you and me. But that's, those are not our weapons. That's them. And I'm not talking about defending our lives or defending our families when people try to hurt us. That's, a, that's an entirely different matter. I'm talking about advancing the truth that will save this country. That is a battle of faith. That is a battle of the spirit. That is not a battle of violence. And that's the battle we've got to fight. That's the war we've got to fight. And based upon what I read in the word of God, that's the war that we're going to win because Jesus has already won it for us. So my brothers and sisters, I know I didn't even get to check um, the... <coughs> I didn't even get to check... Um, uh, my, my emails. Uh, so let me, let me, I know I'm way over, but let me do that anyway, just to be sure I didn't miss anything. Uh, because if you did, uh, nope, I don't, I don't see, I don't see anything. Um, uh, so look, this weekend I will be at my church at 943 Canal Drive in Chesapeake, Virginia. If you're in the area, come on by. 
services 11 a.m. Uh, actually, I'll be preaching a Thanksgiving message for the next two Sundays. So come on by and join the fellowship. Don't forget, tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, we have our Youth Taking a Stand conference. It will be live streamed here and on Facebook and our other venues. Uh, you can register for it. And if you register for it and you're between the ages of 18 and 30, I will give you a free signed copy of my book, Sweet Land of Liberty, Reflections of a Patriot Descended from Slaves. So in the meantime, folks, I just urge you, and by the way, if you want to register, go to standamerica.us, standamerica.us. In the meantime, hey, and pray for Herschel Walker, because we've got to get Herschel Walker elected in Georgia, and we've got to send Raphael Warnock home, uh, back to, he can go back to his pulpit and stand behind that pulpit for the, as, the, as, the, as far as I'm concerned. Again, he's the spirit of Antichrist. Uh, and I can't do anything about him standing behind that, that holy desk. The people of that church are going to have to answer to God for allowing this demonic man to stand up and, and spew whatever garbage he spews to them. But you and I can certainly help stop him from ever getting to the United States Senate and being able to spew his garbage to the whole country. We've got to do it. In the name of Jesus, Lord, may, may Herschel Walker gain the victory in Georgia, and may Raphael Warnock be sent packing. In the meantime, folks, stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up, because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit, because we are on God's side.